Merry Christmas. Man, I am so glad it is finally here and I'm excited. Kids, are you excited this Christmas? Yes, let's go. Don't mess it up. You're so close. You're so close. Hang in there. Hang in there. All that, all that goodness, all that good uh, that, that you've been, that good behavior is so close. Just hang in there. All right. So uh, I see a lot of new faces, so I just want to introduce myself. My name is Jed Warline, and I'm the campus minister here at Ortez Valley location. And I am so glad uh, to see you all. And uh, um, so uh, we are so glad to see you. We would love to see you again today. You're like, what? Well, we're having two Christmas Eve services tonight at 4.30 and 6. I will tell you, completely different than today. I say that right away, but I tell you, when I was studying both sermons yesterday, they kind of intermingled uh, by accident. So you might get a little bit of both. But uh, uh, tonight we're doing uh, some candles, we're doing some carols, uh, we're doing um, some communion, and we're doing a whole lot of Jesus Christ. Uh, So we're excited for that. So we're going to continue. We're going to close out our series, Overjoyed, if you guys have been here. Uh, We have been in this series for uh, since Thanksgiving, and... There's joy in the Lord. There truly is. And, and there's joy in Jesus Christ. And that's what we, we want to relay to you and, and kind of uh, lead you through is Christmas can be a lot of things. But the one thing that Christmas should be is filled with joy. And not just joy, a good level of joy, but we should be overjoyed. We should be happy. We should be excited. Not because of all the other stuff, but because Jesus Christ is here. And we have hope now because of that. And so uh, today we're going to talk about traditions. It's something that we've been talking about for the past, I would say, two weeks. And everyone's got their own tradition. We're going to talk today about the the true uh, tradition of Christmas and and the origin and all that stuff. Uh, But, you know, I've seen a lot of different traditions that families do uh, for Christmas. I've seen people do uh, birthday cakes for Jesus. Does anybody do that? Any, Any kids, do you guys do that? Nope. Okay. Well, I've seen that. Um, a couple other ones is, you know, we read the Christmas story before we open any presents. Do you guys do that? Uh, we read the Christmas story and we always mess with the kids and we uh, read the one out of Matthew and not out of Luke because it's a lot longer. And, and, uh, and they're like, can we not read out of Luke? Nope. You're going to hear the whole thing. But, uh, uh, and so that's one that we grew up doing and my family did. Uh, also, uh, one of, another one of our traditions is I wake up super early and I make my family breakfast. I've been doing that for a long time. Um, it's honestly a waste of pancake batter they don't eat. Um, and if they do eat, they don't taste it. <laughs> so, uh, but that's a tradition I really enjoy doing. And, uh, you know, the one tradition I love the most and I think parents, you can agree with me, is that nap in the recliner after all the presents are opened. That's, yeah, preach it. That's my favorite. That's my favorite tradition. One tradition that has been sticking out to me a lot this year is this sweater thing. You know, I love it. It has, it, it's, it's really taken a hold in the last couple, couple um, uh, years. But you know, if you think about it, do you wear a Christmas sweater, an ugly Christmas sweater around this time of year? People's like, oh, that's so cute. You pull that thing out in August and they're going to make fun of you, right? They're, they're going to be like, that is the ugliest sweater. But if you wear it in December, like that is so, where'd you get that from, right? So it's a weird tradition, but, but I like it. And you know, there's a couple traditions in the Warline family um, that uh, we're trying to get away from. Have you guys ever th- saw a tradition like we need to get away from that? Well, for four straight years, we spent Christmas in the ER because of the weirdest random things that couldn't be prevented. 
It's so weird. Like uh, the first year we had one of our kids slam the other kid's finger in the door. They had to reattach the, the tip of the finger. And then the next year we had a child eat a toilet bowl cleaner packet out of the toilet. Um, believe it or not, same kid. Um, and that was a weird one because we're like, man, the Christmas tree smelled. We had a real Christmas tree. Like it smelled so good. It was the pine was coming from our child's breath. So, and then the next year, the next year we had a child, same child, uh, took a styrofoam cup and ripped up the pieces and shoved them up their nose. And we had, to, we had to have surgery to get the cup out. Most expensive styrofoam cup on the face of this planet. But you know, that's, that's our traditions. And, and now we look back at it and, and we think it's funny. Did we think it funny for those first three years? No, we didn't. And, and the fourth year, uh, we got 22 inches of snow and 10 hours on Christmas Eve and we were without power for the first couple days. And so, but you know what? That's a tradition we look back at and... Uh, a lot of good things have came from those, and that's the same with Christmas. Christmas is a tradition that was started a long time ago, and look at all the great things that have came out of it. And you know, when you look at the tra- tradition of Christmas, and you look at what it stands for, not just back then uh, uh, when it first originated, but Christmas every year stands for something, but do you know what that is? Do you know what that means? What does it mean to you? You know, and, and when we look at the traditions, especially of Christmas, if we want to fully understand the tradition, we need to know where it came from. We need to know the origin. Like the sweater tradition, where did that come from? Someone's like, oh, your sweater's so ugly. Wear it at Christmas time. Like where, like where did that come from? You know, fruitcake is a tradition started in England. I'm sorry, it started in, uh, in uh, ancient Egypt. Christmas cards, one thing that I still love, I still enjoy getting, uh, started in England in 1843. Another one is Christmas caroling, began, uh, began in the medieval times. So now we know where those traditions came from, but let's find out where the tradition of Christmas came from. And today we're going to talk about what that tradition does and how much joy that tradition brings. So when we look at the tradition of Christmas, do we truly know? No. Are we pretty close? Yeah, absolutely. If you guys do your research on, on the tradition of Christmas Day, it means a lot more than just the, the birth of Jesus Christ. It means a lot more than, than, than Jesus coming here to die in our sins. It's just the first part. It's the beginning of a beautiful story that is still being written today through you. Amen? It is a beautiful story with tragedy. There's beautiful story with restoration, beautiful story with love and compassion and forgiveness, but it's still being written every day of your lives. So if you guys do your, your study, you, if, if you guys get into to looking in this, you know, about 300 years after uh, Jesus was born, they believe that some elders in the early church got together and said, hey, we want to set one day that celebrates the birth of Jesus Christ. And so when they talked about it, it's not just, 25th was not just thrown together being like, you know, this, this sounds good. Nobody's got, there's no school the week of the 25th. Like, you know, let's, let's make this the week. That's not what it was. So when the, when, when the, the men of the church and they looked, they picked out the day 
That was the darkest day of the entire year. It's called the winter solstice. And when the winter solstice happens, it is the darkest and coldest day for three days straight. And so that usually happens on December 22nd or December, or December 21st. So if you look at it and, and, and when, when you look at the 25th, why did they pick the 25th? Because the winter solstice starts on the 22nd. Three days later, three days later, they believe that Jesus Christ was born to represent what's about to come in the, ne- in the near future. And that is, Jesus Christ is going to defeat three days again. Jesus Christ is going to take that darkness, and he's going to defeat it again. And that's what we need to really wrap our mind around. The tradition of Christmas Day is only the beginning. And when you look at the winter solstice, and you look at the coldest, darkest day of the year, if you look at what that stands for and you look at scripture, when before the, the birth of Jesus Christ, there was a span of, they believe, 400 years where God didn't speak to his people and it was dark. There is no scripture reference for those 400 years because there's a darkness. And the only thing that broke the darkness was Jesus Christ. And that's still true to today. If there's darkness in your life, the only thing that can break that darkness truly is Jesus Christ. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why there's a tradition. That's why we we hold this tradition very close to our hearts and it's very special to us. Now, we do a lot of different things on Christmas and around Christmas that we call traditions. I'm with you. I love them. But the true tradition of Christmas is knowing that that's the day that hope began. Christmas just isn't a tradition, it's a transition. It's when, trans, when we trans, um, tra- tra- this is when we went from darkness to light. We transition. This is when we transitioned from not knowing all the answers but, and having so much questions. This is where we went from questions to answers. Now, do we know all of them? Absolutely not, but we do know more since Jesus Christ has been born than we did before. It's a transition. The birth of Jesus Christ is a transition from hurt to healing. Now, do we always get healed? No. But do we always have hope for that hurt? Absolutely. It's because of Jesus Christ. Jesus' birth is how we transition from doubt to hope. Now, do we still have doubt on a daily basis? Probably. But on the other end of that doubt is hope because of Jesus Christ. And the last one, the absolute most important one, because of the tradition of Christmas, we have now transitioned from death to life. Christmas is just way more than a tradition. Christmas is way more than that. So we're going to get into the final series, or I'm sorry, the final chapter in our series, and it's called Overjoyed by the Joy of Christmas. We've really been in Matthew chapter 2 a whole lot. We're going we're gonna to go into Luke. We're going to look at it from Luke's perspective because leading up today, we've been really looking at it from Matthew's perspective, which Matthew was, um, the purpose of his gospel was he wanted to talk about the promise. And if you read Matthew with, with that in mind, that's what he did. Matthew really was talking about the promise of Jesus Christ, what God had promised his people for many of years. And that's the way he focuses the scripture that he wrote. Now we're going to look at Luke and Luke was a medical doctor. I don't know if you knew that, 
But Luke was a doctor, so he looked at it from the healing perspective of Jesus Christ. He looked at it from the hope that comes from healing. And, and we're going to read this, and it's going to be Luke 2, 8 through 20. It is a lot of scripture, but I want to I read it all today for you. <clears throat> Luke 2, chapter, I'm sorry, Luke 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out the fields nearby, keeping watch on their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. 13 says, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth earth peace to those whom his favor rests. 15 says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they heard and had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. 18 says, and all who heard it were amazed what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. There's a lot to unpack in this scripture. But because we have four services today, we're not going to unpack the whole thing. But we're going to unpack the most important part. And that's what the angel said when he arrived in front of the shepherds. He says, I bring you good news of great joy. I bring you news. I bring you good news, great news of things that are about to happen, about to, that, that things are going to start because of the news I'm going to share with you. Marcia had her uh, surgery on Monday. She had her gallbladder out and I was sitting in the waiting room and, and uh, she was in surgery. And I mean, it was like, it was, it was deafening. We got an alert about the snow that was coming, the snow squall. You were in Kanawha County on, on Monday. I think you got it. I mean, it was deafening. It was so loud. Everybody's phones going off, the TV going off. And I remember the, the sheer panic on people's faces were enough to terrify anybody. You saw when they were reading the text and the notification, their face went from okay to it's about to snow half an inch. We're in trouble. <laughs> if you know, I'm from Michigan, so that's why I can make fun of this. But, but that's what people was like, oh no, this is awful news. And, and I, I can't remember how many people was like, what are we going to do? Do we have bread? Do we have milk? Where are the kids at? You know, they just went, they went DEFCON 3, like what is about to happen? And it was, it was great because you know, it's bad news, and people respond better to bad news than they do good news. Because what if their phones rang and they got a notification that said there is now zero percent chance of snow today? They've been like, "Oh yeah, well, duh, right?" No, it was bad news, so it made them panic. That is why the angel said, "Hey, I am coming out of nowhere. I am stepping into where you are." I am disturbing your work, but I am here to bring you great news. It's because we resonate and we draw to bad news more than we do good news. Bad news that makes us worry. Bad news that makes us angry. 
We get bad news all the time that maybe makes us feel helpless. We get bad news that makes us question what we trust the most. We get bad news that confuses us. We get bad news that, ex- that causes extreme doubt. But that's why in scripture, Luke, who's a medical doctor, wrote, hey, I know there's so much bad news in your life, but I'm bringing you something that's good news. And at this time, I, I am a firm believer that those people needed to hear something with good news in it. Have you guys ever been in a situation in your life, you just need some good news? You need someone just to share some good news with you because you feel like the bad news is just beating you over the head. Then you want some good news. Well, that's what the angel shared with the shepherds was good news. He had good news for the broken. He had good news for the sick. He had good news for the desperate. It says he had good news for all. And the reason why the good news is, is so important because we have quickly became, check my words, became, not becoming, we have quickly became addicted to bad news. We respond more to bad news than we do good news. We communicate bad news way more than we do good news. We remember bad news way more than we remember good news. That's a transition we need to make. And I pray that it starts with this Christmas season. There's bad news every day. There is. Amen. I tell you, every day, it feels like it's coming to the same person. But because of Christmas and the tradition of Christmas and the the reason for Christmas, there's good news too. Every day. Every situation. There's good news but we re- isn't, it this, isn't this a little ironic? We respond more positively to bad news and more negative to good news. You're like, well, Jed, what are you talking about? Well, let's look at social media. So on social media, if you have somebody on your feed, you guys are really good. We're all going to resonate to this. You see someone that they're on vacation all the time. Their kids are doing great at school. Their kids are doing great at sports. They post about it. They, they made the most beautiful cake ever, and you can't even make a piece of toast without burning it, right? You see all these people share these good news. I have known people that will block them because of all the good news they're sharing. You laugh because you're probably one of them. We get so sick and tired of seeing good news from the same people. We are wrong for that. We respond more negatively to, be, to good news than we do bad news. We see people living a, a, a great life. We see people with their, with their uh, families in church. We see, we see people that have a loving, healthy marriage. We, we see all this, and then we respond so negatively, like, I don't want to see that. But then we go to the other one, man, someone posts a negative post, oh, you got some conversations you're about to have at your job the next day. Did you see what they said? Did you see what they posted? I can't believe they would do that. So if we, if we believe in that good news that the angels shared with the shepherds, we need to not just be hearers of news, we need to be We need to, I'm sorry, we cannot be consumers of the news. We need to be hearers of it, and we need to make a judgment, and we need to decide, what are you going to talk about? Are you going to talk about the bad news every day, especially around Christmas time? You know, you're going to share all the bad news with everybody you come in contact with. 
Because every conversation at Christmas time around family and friends begins with this question. How are you doing? <laughs> He's doing, she's doing fantastic. Awesome. That's the answer we need. Hey, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing really good. God has still blessed me. I've had some bad stuff go on, but you know what? The joy of Jesus Christ outweighs any bad stuff I can ever go through. And so that's what we need to believe. And we need, and in the first century, when, when Jesus was about ready to come back and, and make his appearance, I'm telling you, they were starving for that good news. They needed something. I want you to understand something in 2023. We are still starving for that good news. But here's the thing. We have it. We have that good news. We have a scripture we could go to for good news whenever we want. We have a heavenly father that we can go to in prayer for good news anytime we want. We have the good news, but are you utilizing it? Are you celebrating it? Or do you celebrate the bad news? There is joy in Christmas. And it is not because of anything that we have done. The joy of Christmas comes from knowing that the bad news will not win unless you let it. The joy of Christmas comes because we know that that good news that we have is all we need. If that good news is Jesus Christ. We're going to be pretty short today because... Uh, because we, we know that, you know, the kids are in here. And, and so we're going to go through over a lot in a little period of time. So in the next five minutes, I'm, I'm going uh, to go. I'm going to fly a little bit to get through all this. But I want you to buckle up. Hang on. Here we go. We're going to talk about unexpected joy. You know, the, the, the people in the Bible, they were waiting for 400 years for, for Jesus. That means they had relatives and, and, and family members that, that saw, they lived when Jesus didn't, that he wasn't born, that he wasn't, that he wasn't there. They lived in the time that Jesus was not in the flesh on this earth. And then all of a sudden, an angel appears and said, hey, it's time. Nobody was expecting that. The angels weren't expecting, I'm sorry, the shepherds were not expecting the angels just to show up. It's un unexpected joy of good news. How many of you guys love getting good news that's unexpected? I'm very easily pleased. I am. I love having unexpected joy. You go somewhere, having the exact change, I get so happy. <laughs> I, I hate change. So if I have it, I'm like, oh, Yes, you know, unexpected joy, having uh, exact change, unexpected joy in my life. If I sleep past what I usually do, I wake up and I'm so excited. I just, how many of you guys ever do that? You, you, you don't set an alarm, it's your day off and, and you wake up, you're like, oh my goodness, I slept 45 minutes longer than I usually do. I'm excited about that. We all have unexpected joy. That's what it does, it brings us joy. Well, when we talk about the unexpected joy of the shepherds, it caught them off guard. But they knew, they knew what was being taught in the Old Testament. They knew it was coming. They just didn't expect for it to happen when they were living, when they were here on this earth. And all of a sudden, the, 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 the Savior that has been talked about for years and years and years shows up. 
It was good news for the shepherds. It was good news for Mary. It was good news to, to the wise men. It was good news. I would even say it was good news to, to the innkeeper. It was good news to everybody that heard about Jesus Christ. Now, I want to read you some scripture, and it's in John 1, 11 through 13. It says this. It says, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born of not natural descent, nor of human decision, or a, a husband's will, but born of God. It is still good news. It says right here, it says, to those who believed in his name. So today, uh, we're going to get ready to close if, if the worship team wants to come up here. We, we're we're going to do something real quick. And if, you, if you're visiting here and if this is your first time, I usually give you guys a challenge. I'm going to give you a challenge today, but I'm going to walk you through it. You have less than 36 hours before Christmas is over. You have less than 36 hours to enjoy the joy of Christmas. Or do you? We can only choose to stop the joy of Christmas on December 26th. What I challenge you to do is this. That joy that you have been experiencing since Thanksgiving to now, some of you have been experiencing the Christmas joy since July. When those Christmas and July movies come on, don't be lying, we know you watch them. But that joy of Christmas, that joy of the Christmas tradition, does not stop at 12.01 on December 26th. I want to leave this with you. We are in desperate need of good news. I'm talking to everyone here that has had a rough patch in the past couple weeks, months, days. You've been given bad news. But I want to tell you something. We have also been given great news and that is Jesus Christ. You know, we're going to have a moment tonight in our Christmas Eve service where we're going to have a memorial and we're going to think about and, and, and just really embrace the people that we do not have in our lives anymore this Christmas season. You know, to a lot of us, that's bad news. To a lot of us, that's news that breaks our hearts. But there is such good news in Jesus Christ. There's such good news in knowing that Jesus Christ has came to die for you, for me, that he is here. He is alive. And because of the Christmas tradition, we can celebrate him not just for a month at a time, but we can celebrate Jesus Christ for the entire year. And that's my prayer and that's my hope, is that we can celebrate Jesus Christ. So what's your tradition? Is your tradition to, to come to church on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or, and, and, you know, that's it? All right, hey, I celebrated. I did my tradition. I go about my way. Or is your tradition embracing the fact that Jesus Christ is still alive today? Amen. That's my prayer is any time that, that you go into a situation that there's bad news, your tradition for bad news should be you need to praise the good news. That's Jesus Christ. So that's my challenge for you as our time is coming to an end today. I pray that your new Christmas tradition is whatever bad news is thrown at you, man, you throw that good news of Jesus Christ right back at it. 
God, as we come to you today, and God, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for what he means. God, we thank you for it. Most importantly, what he has done. God, I know we have a lot of traditions that are special to us. I'm one of them. I love my traditions. God, my prayer today is that everybody here, their new Christmas tradition, if they haven't already instilled it in their lives, in their families' lives, is no matter the bad news, we're we're gonna give it the good news of Jesus Christ. And I know sometimes this is very tough. I know it's very tough because a lot of times we let the bad news control our mind. We let the bad news control our hearts. But God, I know that the good news is greater than any bad news that Satan can, can come up with. We love you in your glorious name, amen. So what we do here is for our response time is if you want someone to pray with you, if you don't know who Jesus Christ is, if you've never gave your life to him, if you've never uh, uh, been baptized, if you've never uh, just have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I would love to talk to you. I'd love to introduce you. Jesus is alive, amen? He's here. And I would pray that you have a relationship with him. And if that's you, I want you to come over and pray and I'll pray with you. I'll walk you through it. If you want to just spend some time, maybe with your family, with God, you can come up to this front row and um, we, we encourage you to do that as well. Or you could sit back at your seat and think about your Christmas traditions and do some self-evaluation and see if the tradition of believing in the good news of Jesus Christ is one of them. If it's not, I pray that you find that. Let's stand.